WPC Smash, where wrestling and pop culture smash together. We are your hosts. I am Mike Marin. And I am Ian Wilson. We love wrestling. And you love wrestling. So let's smash the start button on today's podcast. All right, all right. Welcome, Smashers. Welcome to WPC Smash. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How's it going? Good, good. We got Mike Moran. We got Ian Wilson. We got a killer main event coming up for you today. Bret Hart versus Yoko Zuna for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 9. But let's start things off the way we always do. Mike Moran, what's going down on your side of town, brother? The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. All right, man. So what's going down on my side of town? We recently, like real recently, went to the CT GamerCon, Connecticut's Terrific GamerCon at Mohegan Sun. Yes, we did. Now, you know, a couple months ago, we went to the Retro World GamerCon, and let's just say this Connecticut one was a little bit smaller, less vendors, less games, less competitions, a little bit less everything. But with the vendors, uh, we were still both able to scoop up some cool stuff. You know, that's the cool part about it. The vendors always have some cool stuff to grab. Yeah, I got the three games I was looking for. Yep. I'm pretty good about that. I got some uh, Mattel and some Hasbro Lucy's. Um, so I thought that was cool. I picked up a couple games as well. And you know what? I thought the best part of it was, besides the whole crew being together, was it was connected to the casino. So yes, we, sir. we had some good times afterwards. So pretty good day trip. Yeah. Um, I mean... We both made our money back, so it was yeah. pretty much a free day. Yep. We walked home with a bunch of free stuff, and I think I spent $16 the whole day. We ate at a buffet. What did you spend, 13 13 yep. Yeah, walked home with an armful of stuff, man. You can't complain about that, brother. So, nope. Although it was definitely weaker than RetroCon, um, it was cool for what it was. Definitely awesome that it was hooked up to the casino. Yeah, Can't complain about that. But uh, like I said, everything else was a little bit of a step down. So if you're in the New England area, you're only going to go to one show this year. Definitely choose RetroCon of the two. Mm -hmm. I thought it was rad. For sure. And speaking of games, let's keep that one going. Uh, We got this coming weekend, new Yoshi game, Yoshi's Crafted World for the Switch. Now, I'm not going to lie. I don't know too, too much about it. I know it's a Yoshi game. It looks uh, like... A uh, little big planet style artwork, like if you were to mesh that in the Yoshi Story game from N sixty four together, so it's that type of gameplay. But you can also simultaneously have two player co op, so two Yoshi's on the screen collecting coins, beating up bad guys, hopping on heads, floating around. Nice. Looks like one of those games that's like relaxing and just fun to play, and you know you can never go wrong with them Yoshi games. So. That's honestly what I got going down. Um, Just one more big thing. Again, I don't know the complete ins and outs, but we've heard, you've read, we've read. Disney and Fox finally merged. It's official. All the talks are over. So Fox and Disney, Disney owns them. Disney's owning everything. Yeah, (laughs) Disney now owns the world. Yeah, they're taking over for sure. So I'm excited. Hopefully uh, in the future we can see some X-Men merge with the Avengers. Um, I'm a little nervous about what's going to happen with the Simpsons. If anything, it's probably stuff we're not really going to see. Yeah, Family Guy. Yep. That kind of like out of, you know, Disney context type things, you know, where it's a little bit uh, more edgy, you might say. So it'll be interesting to see what goes down with all that stuff. Uh, 
I'm stoked to possibly see Avengers versus X-Men. That's one of my favorite yeah. storylines in comic history. I've read that um, storyline more than once. Totally dig it. So I'm excited that that could potentially be coming in the future. Yeah. And with that, dude, I'm going to pass it over to you and hit you with that hot tag. All right, and uh, sticking with Disney, uh, Disney Plus announced that uh, it is going to include all of the Disney title movies, so that's super cool, having two young kids, you know, for a few bucks, I can stop buying $30 (laughs) Blu-rays and have all the Disney movies, so that, I mean, I think that that's pretty cool, and it'll probably be worth it for a while to check that stuff out. Mm -hmm. With them buying Fox, they'll have a lot more movies under their belt, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, Arcade 1UP finally released the limited edition Space Invaders cabinets, uh, exclusive to Walmart. So if you're a big Space Invaders guy and you're looking for, you know, an Arcade 1UP cabinet for your house, hit up your local Walmart. You could possibly find one there. They are limited, so your best bet's probably jump online and try to get it from a website or something like that. Um, but it's only going to be on Walmart.com, so that's where you got to head if, uh, if you're looking for some Space Invaders Arcade 1UP News, um, Ghosts and Goblins cabinet, um, Final Fight cabinet, I guess more technically, is uh, delayed a little bit to come out be- uh, somewhere around April or May. So if that's what you've been waiting for, it's going to have to wait a little longer and keep your eyes open. I'm super stoked for Golden Tea, which is supposed to be released for Father's Day this year. Oh, nice. Huge Golden Tea fan and uh, definitely going to jump on that out pretty much right away. So Arcade 1UP, definitely making big moves this summer. And there's a lot more to come after that. And uh, Harry Potter Wizards Unite got, like, officially announced. We've heard the rumors of, uh, you know, basically Pokemon Go, but in the Harry Potter world. Did you? Yep. So um, I'm super stoked about that. You're basically going to go around and catch Fantastic Beasts. And um, the AR is supposed to be super sweet as far as... You'll be, like, holding up your phone, and you'll see, like, your yard, and then you'll put down a port key and jump in it, and you'll be in Harry Potter land, you know? Um, So that's super cool. Like, it's going to be super... um, (laughs) Yeah, dude, totally popular. Pokemon Go is a huge hit. A lot of people still play it. Everybody was playing it for a hot minute. So I think this game's going to blow up just like that. And at least for a little while, everybody's going to be into it. And, you know, the real, like, diehard Harry Potter guys will stick with it for the long haul. And, uh, you know, if you got unlimited internet, <laughs> that's going to be the game for you as far as your phone goes and no, stuff like that. I'm just like a that. muggle, so. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. And Call of Duty news, uh, CWL Fort Worth went down last weekend, and Luminosity took the crown. Congratulations to them. Big-time payouts in Call of Duty these days. They broke through the field and came out the champions. It was a super weird tournament. A lot of big names went down early. Uh, A little bit like March Madness has been going on this weekend. A lot of top teams going down. And it was uh, super exciting to watch. So you can jump on YouTube. Follow, just type in CWL on YouTube and you'll see all their stuff pop up. You can watch the matches you want to watch specifically and follow the teams uh, throughout the tournament. So I had a blast watching that. I do all the time. And... uh, the tournament was great. Congratulations to Luminosity, and I uh, enjoy all that extra cash in your bank account. <laughs> and uh, that's basically what I had for uh, what's going down on my side of town, brother.
come on in welcome to mike's man town grab a seat sit at the bar grab a beer whatever you want because this week we are playing wrestlemania the arcade game and we're playing it on my preferred console for this game the sega saturn now i'm going to tell you why i like it on this console i believe the music tracks the sound effects and the sound clips are a little bit better than what you basically have on Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Now, Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo is what I had it on as a kid, but my older sister had it for Sega Saturn, and truth be told, for Super Nintendo, there's two missing characters. So, this game, when it came out, the graphics to me looked so unbelievable. It's the first time you get a wrestling game that the characters actually looked real and not just like a cartoon drawing of said wrestler it has the graphics of, of along the lines of a mortal Kombat, where it's mo-capped and it's like the the cell shading and everything it's 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 the bee's knees if you will so this game you have sean michaels bret hart lex luger razor ramon doink the clown Bam Bam Bigelow, Yokozuna, and The Undertaker. Now, this game is over the top, almost like a Mortal Kombat without all, you know, the decapitations. But each character has, you know, regular punch, regular kick, super punch, super kick. And when I say super punch, you're Razor Ramon. His arm turns into a razor blade and swipes up. You're The Undertaker. When you use a super punch, you're hitting people with, like, a fire fist. And you can bash people over the head with a tombstone. <laughs> Or Shawn Michaels <laughs> hits people with a bat and does like the spinning roundhouse kick that's not really the sweet chin music, but it's out of control. When you do hit your enemy, things fall out of them. If you if you beat up on Razor Ramon, his chains are flying everywhere. Shawn Michaels, like broken hearts are going everywhere. Bret Hart, his little heart logo is flying. Yokozuna, unfortunately, big turkeys and pieces of ribs <laughs> fall out of him when you hit him. So it's very over-the-top. It's very fast-paced. You're actually getting some commentary, albeit it's very repetitive and not the greatest. It's not like a play-by-play, -play, but it's a, oh, my God, here we go. Sets them up. What a maneuver. And my, the most inf infamous thing that I still say to this day is, pin in, pin in. <laughs> so definitely check out WrestleMania, the arcade game. Uh, there's two modes in it. And it's almost like a tier, like going through Mortal Kombat. I keep referring to it, but it has so many similarities. Uh, you can go through the Intercontinental title, which is a little bit easier mode, or the World Heavyweight title. And you go through fighting either one or two opponents at a time. But at the end, you've got to do a battle royal mode. But it's not throw over the top rope. It's just beat them down. And you have to beat every competitor in the game to become the world heavyweight champion so like i said let's check it out it's fast paced it's fun it's ridiculous it's over the top we love it and also in mike's man town this week i'm actually listening to a vinyl one of my favorite vinyls that i have and it's actually wu-tang enter the 36 chambers now i had this tape I believe when I was 10 years old, it, there's actually a big story to go along with it. It's actually how me and Big John Pfaff became really close friends. He let me borrow it. My mother heard what was actually being said on it, the <laughs> vulgarities, the use of certain words, 
she ripped it right out of my tape player and ripped it up. And I was like, that's not mine. She had to buy a new one and hand it to Big John's mom. <laughs> and it's just funny. We've always bonded over that. We still listen to that album. Now, this album, 36 Chambers, a lot of people don't know. Because, you know, when I get into something, I like to do my homework. And back in the day, I mean, I was 10 years old, but MTV was still the coolest thing to, to some kids. They were still playing music. And they were still, all their topics were about music. So they had this, like, show where they followed the Wu-Tang around. And it actually got ODB in trouble because it showed him cashing his welfare checks coming out of a limo being filmed by MTV, but cashing his welfare checks. But 36 Chambers, there are four chambers in your heart. There are nine members of the Wu-Tang Clan, 36 Chambers. I always thought that was cool. Now, this album has the classics on it. I'm sure if you've heard any Wu-Tang song ever, at least one of them that you've heard is on this album. You got Cream. You got Method Man. You got my favorite, which is Tears. You got Wu-Tang Clan Ain't Nothing to Quit. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm listening to. And I love hearing it on my vinyl because you get those cracks and pops. Very uh, laid back, chill beats. Go into, you know that that feel of of watching you know the kung fu flicks so mike's man town this week wrestlemania the arcade game with a little bit of wu-tang clan now let's hit it to ian for some tabletop tips previously on x-men All right, Smashers, I got a tabletop tip for you this week, and it is going to be short and sweet. I talk a lot about Heroclix on this podcast. It's a board game that I love, uh, something that I play a lot at home, and something that I know that people who are listening might want to get into. So I'm going to tell you how where you can start with Heroclix if you've never played the game before and you don't have anything to get started. And like most board games, you're going to get started with a starter kit. You can find them... You know, for about 20, 25 bucks, and basically what a starter kit is going to give you is a team that is set up to, you know, work well together and basically give you a starting point uh, to get into the game. It'll give you a couple maps, some dice, and a rule book, and a couple, you know, tokens for your items and stuff like that. And really, it's going to be everything that you need to play. With somebody else, you know, uh, they would need some sort of team themselves because it's only going to have enough guys for one team. But it's going to be everything you need besides a second team. Now, if you have a starter kit and you're like, all right, I need another team. You know, I don't really know where to go or where to begin and how to get another team. They make these packs called Fast Forces. Those are about 15, 20 bucks. And what that is is another starter team that, you know, works really well together and gels well but it's already made up for you and you can buy those fairly cheaply and jump right in hand a team to your buddy bust out your starter kit get everything all set up and jump right into the great game of hero clicks now once you have your starter kits and and a couple fast forces to get going with your friends or family you're going to want to buy new figures and you know Add on to the team that you've already made. You might notice with your team that, hey, I need somebody who can fly to carry one of my characters around the map. I think that that would help my team out and that would help me 
be a better player and get better at the game. So what you're going to do is go to uh, CoolStuffInc.com. It is basically a board game, Magic the Gathering, miniature website. And you can find super reasonably priced Heroclix characters on Cool Stuff Inc. Shipping's 99 cents. So you find a character that you want, you can find them for 10 cents, 15 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents, all the way up to, you know, $50. But when you're just getting started, you could just find a flying character for 25 cents, pay the 99 cents for shipping, and bam, now you got a flyer added onto your team. So that's how you're going to build as you move along. And uh, yeah, so if you've never played Heroclix before, you want to know where to start, starter kit, Fast Forces kit, and then as you're building your team and gelling everything and together, CoolStuffInc.com will be the website for you. That's what I got on Tabletop Tips. And right before we jump into anything else, I got a quick tip of the week for you from Jedi Legend on Twitter. And that is any figure in Heroclix with the standard size or more can pick up and put down light objects. Light objects are going to give you extra damage when you're making attacks, whether ranged or close. So as long as your character is standard size or higher, which is almost everything, unless you have, say, a wasp character, which is going to be small because it's the wasp and she gets super tiny, (laughs) you can pick up a light object and put it down and use it to attack, whether ranged or standard close combat. So that's Jedi Legends tip of the week, and uh, that's what I got for you this week on Ian's Tabletop Tips. All right, Smashers, we got a little segment right here that we like to call off the top. What I, What's going to go down is I'm going to ask Mike Miranda a question, and he is going to give me an answer off the top. I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to spend time deciding what the best answer is. I want to give me you to give me the first thing that pops into your head. Give me the answer off the top. Smashers, you guys out there, we want to hear your answers to the off the top. So hit us up on Twitter. You can find Mike on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff like that. But definitely let us know what your answer to the off the top is because we want to know where your minds are at as well. And remember, don't think about it. Just give it to us off the top. So, Mike Moran, I want you to name somebody that you would like to meet at WrestleCon during WrestleMania weekend that's not going to be there. We all know who's going to be there and who we want to see, but who is not going to be there that you would love to meet? Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner. That's the answer. Yeah. Perfect. I like that answer. Um, Total legend, great promos. Uh, Big Papa Pump would... Be a killer guy. To, It'd be a nice picture to have with yeah, him. And... Even just shooting the shit with him for two minutes would probably be hilarious. Yeah. So my answer straight up was uh, The Undertaker. Oh, yeah. Somebody who I've never, you know, shook his hand before. I've met a lot of people in the day, you know, at various cons or at least seen them at shows and stuff like that. But for me, seeing The Undertaker and meeting him and shaking his hand, um, a legend in the business, been to, you know, a billion WrestleManias, a million matches, 
but mm. never to a uh, con that I know of. He might have like done one or two here or there back in the day, but that I know of, uh, Undertaker is untouchable. You know, you yep. can't you can't just walk up and shake his hand. So that's somebody who, if I could pick anybody in the world who's not going to be at WrestleCon this year at WrestleMania, I I'd want the Undertaker to be there. Nice. Cool. Let us know what you guys think out there. If you were going to WrestleCon in New York City, and if you don't know who's there, who cares? Just pick who you would like to meet if you yeah. could pick anybody in the world. But uh, for me, Undertaker, for Mike Moran, Big Papa Pump, two legends of the business that uh, someday, hopefully, WPC Smash gets to shake those gentlemen's hands. Feature presentation. All right. At WPT Smash, Smashers, fans of cinematic universe of the underdog proportion, we have a choice that I have been holding back for a little while now, waiting for that perfect podcast. And the, the and the podcast, just before WrestleMania, deserves an underdog movie of epic proportions. And that movie is Basketball. 1998, Trey Parker and Matt Stone directed the creators of South Park, the choice for underdog movie of the week. Absolutely. Not only did they direct, now they are the two main stars of this movie. So two two childhood friends, you know, hanging out, playing Nintendo, become pro athletes of a national, new national sport that they created (laughs) called basketball, which is like a mix-up between baseball and basketball. But then, you know, they're going for the Denzel Cup, which is their championship. But now they're dealing with a greedy businessman trying to take their team away and all that because their their team owner dies. And then they're fighting with each other. Basketball's basically... Now they're the underdogs. And they got to overcome and try to win the championship. Yeah, and basketball was designed by these two driveway shooters who you know are basically playing basketball for fun then the the whole neighborhood's playing basketball then the whole town's playing basketball and then basketball becomes a league and is all over the country and these greedy businessmen try to take over this thing that you know trey parker and matt stone built together as you know just homeboys chilling in the driveway and turn it into this whole big corporate conglomerate and take all the meaning that the game really had away. Right. Loved it. Ream and Coop. <laughs> Ream and Coop, baby. Doug Reamer, Sir Swish. And Coop. Coop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooper. And yeah. I remember uh, playing basketball in the driveway uh, with John Way after seeing this movie. Yep. We, like, legit played basketball with the rules that they use in the game. Like, like psycho. Yeah, home runs were behind the meatballs <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I got to tell you guys, if you haven't seen basketball, this movie is loaded with quotes that our group of friends use on a consistent basis. Probably... Sometimes we don't even realize that we're quoting basketball. But if you specifically, you know, are talking with us and say something that was said in this movie, like, yo, home runs behind the meatballs, the next person's going to say a line from the movie. Yeah, like double play, jackass. <laughs> and another person's going to jump in and say, you know, wow, at least I'm on the team. 
And hey, if you guys rag on me 13 and 14 more times, I'm out of here. This place is a shithole anyway. <laughs> and I am not a little bitch. <laughs> and uh, I heard your mom's going out with sweet. <laughs> exactly, dude. There's so many one-liners. And, uh, you know, part of the game is the guy on defense can psych out the guy shooting the ball. And, you know, Sir Swish gets to bust out the Cartman voice and stuff like that in the movie. And it's just full of classic, hilarious lines. If you are into slapstick comedy and that's your bag, then basketball is the movie for you. You wouldn't believe how many people that I ask about this movie and say that they've never seen it. You know, a lot of people have, but there's quite a few people when I ask about that say they haven't seen it. So in my opinion, that makes this movie the perfect underdog movie of the pod. And really, I don't know. I watched this several times a year, at least. And back in the day, I watched it probably every day for a good couple months. You know what I mean? Hilarious, hilarious movie. I love it. Mike loves it. Saga loves it. Smashers love it. So get out there and check it out. If you've seen it before, watch it again. If you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out. And if you know somebody who hasn't seen it, sit them down, hand them a beer, and immerse them into the world of basketball. And now we're on the street. We're on the street. All right, Mike Moran, I think it's time we jump into Word on the Street. Now, as we are recording this, we are officially two weeks away from WrestleMania, so we have a lot to go over this week on Word on the Street. And I want to start with a couple super small things before we jump straight into WrestleMania, and that is Kevin Owens using the Stone Cold Stunner as a finisher. Dude, I dig it. It's been a while since we've seen anybody use the stunner. Mm-hmm. It was a move that had a big pop, and I don't think there's anybody on the roster that could pull it off and except for Kevin Owens. What do you think about uh, KO using the Stone Cold Stunner as a finisher? I was surprised when it was actually used as a finisher. I've seen him use it before. Yep. I'm a huge fan of the pop-up powerbomb, so for me, I don't hate it, but I think it got to grow on me a little bit. Word. Um... Another, you know, small thing, obviously Stone Cold related. They're definitely pushing hard. Becky Lynch with the uh, Stone Cold vibes, yep. you know, the defying authority and getting arrested and everything but flipping people off, you know, basically at this point. Yeah. Um, died down a little bit the last couple of weeks, but we're definitely seeing the, you know, push of Becky Lynch into that Stone Cold realm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see where they go with it and especially excited to see what happens at WrestleMania. Um, if you don't have anything else, we could jump into WrestleMania weekend because we got a yeah. lot to talk about from there. Yeah, I'm good with that, man. Well, first night is going to be um, the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame is going to be on a Friday night this year. Nope, Saturday. Sorry. They're switching it. Yes, you're right. That's what it is. Yep. So let's start with uh, NXT then. And as far as NXT on Friday night, we only have one confirmed match so far. Now, there's lots of rumors on the internet. You know, NXT's taped. So a lot of people have, you know, seen seen what's going on and stuff like that. Know where we're headed for NXT TakeOver. But we're not here to spoil shows for you. So if you want to know a little more about what's going on with NXT TakeOver New York this year in two weeks... 
you can gladly find that stuff on the internet. But as far as confirmed right now, we only have one match. And it is going to be a total surprise because if you've been keeping up with wrestling the last few weeks, you know that uh, the vacant NXT championship is out there. And Mm -hmm. why is it vacant, Mike Moran? Because Tommaso Ciampa had to get some surgery. Yeah, dude. He got big-time injury and Mm -hmm. had to go get some neck surgery. Um, So he had to basically forfeit the title less than a month before WrestleMania. Dude, that must have broke his heart. Yeah. I know he's a bad guy and, you know, he's a bad man. And uh, But I bet he was hurting deep down inside when that happened because this was a big moment for him. Yep. But we must move on and the show must move on. So we have uh, officially got our vacant NXT heavyweight championship going to be battled for by Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, no. Two out of three falls match. I got to tell you, man, I love this match. If there was, there's a couple other guys in NXT who, you know, could definitely step up and be in this match. But if I got to pick, it would probably be these two, no doubt. Me and Triple H are on the same page, brother. (laughs) I got to tell you. Um, I'm a huge Johnny Gargano fan. He's our generation, well, not our generation, but this generation's Shawn Michaels, in my opinion. He can do Mm -hmm. it all. And Adam Cole, I've been a huge fan of since Ring of Honor. And I'm excited to see what these guys can do together with, uh, you know, some time in a two out of three falls match at NXT. It's going to be awesome. I'm super stoked. And like Mike said, wink, wink, there's a lot of other good stuff going on. So if you're interested, go out and check it out. And if you want to wait and watch NXT the next two weeks, man, you're going to be fired up for NXT TakeOver just like we are. WPC Smash is going to be there in force. So if you're going to WrestleMania, definitely look us up. Hit us up on Twitter, you know. And, uh, you know, we can meet up and grab a beer. We're going to have uh, some WPC Smash swag and stuff like that. And uh, I we're happy to, you know, meet the fans. So I'm super stoked for NXT TakeOver. Oh, yeah. All right, man. Let's talk about uh, Saturday night. And uh, at Saturday night, obviously, they switch things around, and it's going to be the Hall of Fame. Yep. Going back to the old school way of doing it. Yep. We've got a few announcements. I expect that there's uh, one or two more secrets out there. Yeah. Usually they put in, what, six, seven, eight guys? Mm Mm-hmm. So what we have right now is a little bit less than that. So I expect over the next two weeks we're probably going to see one or two more inductees added to the list. Yep. Let's start right there with who do you think over the next two weeks might get announced? I got two guys right off the top of my head, and while you think about it, right, I yeah. see that thinking yeah. in your eyes, that twinkle. <laughs> over the next two weeks, I think The Rock is going to be one, and I think Taz is going to be one. Wow. I think those are the next. I think those are the two guys that they add, and that would be um, the perfect additions to complete this year's. Hall of Fame, in my opinion. So if we got two more guys coming in, those are who I think. What do you got, Mike Moran? Well, I agree with you on Taz. And I'm not going to lie. I heard rumblings of Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Ugh. And now, I, because apparently next year, WrestleMania is going to be in Tampa. So that could be Christian's spot. Yeah. So I, I'm drawing a blank, dude. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to just agree with you on Taz and see what they got. But I'm also going to throw in there. They got to throw in their celebrity. So 
Hopefully, Cindy Lauper finally goes in. That'd be great. WrestleMania. She was a huge part of the first WrestleMania. Sure the rock was. and wrestling. They're back in New York. So let's go. The with rock that and one. wrestling connection, man. All right. So let's talk about the guys who are already announced to be inducted into this year's Hall of Fame. And uh, first one that was announced, we already talked about it a little bit, but yep. we got the Honky Tonk Man, you know, main event contestant oh not contestant but a member of the main event last uh podcast on yep. wpc smash uh honky tonk man had held the intercontinental title for a record 454 days that still holds up today yep and i think that is uh that is a reason alone for him to be yeah, in the hall of fame absolutely if you count nothing else not to mention that he was the biggest heel in the company for a a lot of those 454 mm-hmm. days. Sure. So Honky Tonk Man going in. Um, the female, you know, I hate to say it like that because they usually only add one, but it is what it is. It seems yeah. like the female that they added this year is uh, Tori Wilson. She was a big t- part of the Attitude Era. Um, so I don't really have a problem with it. It is what it is. Pretty much every female that up until now, you know, basically mm-hmm. is going to be in the Hall of Fame at some point just sure. because of options. Yeah. If you can only, if you put in one or two people a year, I mean everybody that who you remember is going to be in at some point. I would have liked to seen uh, Molly Holly, and yep. I know you would agree with that. Yep. You uh, have been a, have been a big <laughs> fan and uh, of pushing Molly Holly for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. I one hundred percent agree with that. But we're going to get Tori Wilson, and that's fine with me. Yep. The big group this year, Degeneration X. I think kind of any, everybody who's a wrestling fan already knows that. Of course, they deserve to be in Absolutely. the Hall of Fame. Yep. The big um, piece of that Degeneration X inductee uh, list is China. Absolutely, they're acknowledging China, which is huge. They haven't done it since she left, mm-hmm. and uh, with China being passed away and stuff like that, uh, I think that I love it. It's the perfect time to really give her what's due to her, and that is a, a Hall of Fame ring and a spot in the WWE Hall of Fame. I think of, you know, besides maybe, you know, somebody like Mula or, you know, who was May Young, who is still way ahead of my time. Like, I don't remember yeah. watching them wrestle except for, you know, Stooge matches and stuff like that. Um, China was the most um, influential person in the ring. Yep. Throughout the Attitude Era, by a lot, too. Yeah. I don't even think it's close. Wrestling the men, being in the Royal Rumble. You, you know, know it's I don't, groundbreaking. Absolutely, man. I think uh, China 100% deserves her spot in the Hall of Fame. I think it should be a solo spot, but I'm not going to complain. She's yep. in there. And uh, I'm super happy to see Generation X get into the uh, Hall of Fame. Um, stereotypical tag team, <laughs> you know, every every year yep. we get a tag team as well. And uh, this year it's going to be Harlem Heat. This one threw me off a little bit. Harlem Heat, a uh, big-time WCW tag team. And there's still lots of tag teams from the WWF in the 80s and 90s that aren't in the Hall of Fame. So it threw me off a little bit, but I'm totally cool with it. Yeah. Harlem Heat was great. They held the titles a couple times. More than a couple. As far yeah. as WCW, they held it down as far as tag team champions. So That's true. I dig it. Yeah. I, I was definitely a fan of them when they, you know, all throughout, I thought, you know, matching gear, you know, me and you think that's a, a huge tag team thing. That should be you know? on every tag team should have matching gear. And their brothers. Yep. And their, you know, I, I mean, Booker T eventually became the big star. Of course. But. In a tag team, it takes two, and it was pretty awesome that they were legit brothers. Happy to see uh, Harlem Heat go in, and uh, I got to tell you, there's um, 
a lot more room in uh, the Hall of Fame for tag teams. So hopefully we got a few more going in next year. Uh, because there's a, I'm as a big tag team wrestling fan, there's a lot of guys I'd like to see in the uh, WWE Hall of Fame. And that's who we have officially announced. I'm pretty sure I didn't miss anybody. Anything off the top of your head? The Warrior Award. Oh, yeah, the Warrior Award. I believe um, it's an employee for WWE. I, I can see that her name is uh, Sue Atchison. Um, I don't really know who she is. She's a WWE executive, and she's basically in charge of organizing the um, – the charitable yep. part of WWE, getting John Cena scheduled to do his Make-A-Wishes and stuff like that, and all the other people who do right. them, but most notably John Cena, you know, the the man who is the has the most right. um, Make-A-Wishes ever, I'm pretty sure, from anybody. From anyone, yep. yeah. So totally rad. Good for her. She's... Um, you hear her name a lot on podcasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's a big part of... Right. You know, I think John Cena's done like 900 of these things. It's yeah. some ridiculous number that Absolutely. you wouldn't even believe is possible. And uh, she's in charge of organizing all that and making all these kids' yep. dreams come true. So, Warrior Award, Sue Atchison. Cool. Long-time employee of the company. You know, thanks for all the hard work that you do because uh, a lot of kids out there, you know, this makes makes their year makes their day makes their life and uh you know for a lot of people it's the greatest moment they'll they'll ever have so i appreciate that yeah for sure and with that man you ready to uh get into wrestlemania absolutely man let's jump right in all right so you know we got wrestlemania coming up now we got a couple of matches confirmed right now and we'll get into them and then we'll get into what isn't confirmed and what we think might get confirmed but let's go let's do it so, we got the Raw Women's Championship match. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, three-way. Super stoked for this match. You think it goes on last? I think it does. I think this is the year it's going to happen. And as a side note, I think <laughs> we should call this match the leather jacket match because <laughs> all three competitors are constantly wearing leather jackets yeah. in their promos lately. Leather jackets are badass, bro. You didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all can't be the badass. Come on. That's true. That's true. But no, I, and I would be okay with that being the first ever women's, you know, main event because we're going to be there. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I think it's just. It's going to be in the history. I, I mean, the more history, ever. the better at this WrestleMania yes. in particular is good for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Who do you think wins? Oh, man. That's a, too tough. That's too tough to ask, man. There's a. All right. Let's do what we normally do. Smashes. You know what we're going to do. Who do you want to win? Who do you think is going to win? I want Becky. I think Charlotte. All right, all right. I think there's no way they end WrestleMania with Charlotte winning that belt. The place would go bananas in the wrong direction. I want Becky to win, and I think Becky does win. I think there's no – I think Vince McMahon, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan must pose, and uh, in this case it's going to be Becky posing in the middle of the ring with the belt. All right. So we got – next we have the Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar versus – Seth Rollins, the Beast Slayer. So on this one, again, it's always a tough call. Brock Lesnar, you never know. Whenever from down, he could sign a contract right before he goes out the curtain saying, yep, I'll give you another three months. So yep. Whenever you bet against Brock, he wins. Whenever you think he's going to lose, he wins. And uh, this time I'm not falling for it, Vince McMahon. I know you're going to give us Becky Lynch. So I'm saying uh, Seth Rollins loses and Brock Lesnar walks out of WrestleMania again. 
And uh, I also think that that's a big part of why that won't be the last match because they really, you know, they're going to let the crowd go. Feel good moment. They want a feel good moment. They want a feel good moment at the end, but they are really going to tear us down before we get that. So we have nowhere to go but up. So right. I think Brock Lesnar walks out and swerve skis everybody. You know, I think a big, a strong opinion in this match is that the Beast Slayer takes that belt. But I think we're only going to get one Beast Slayer. And is it going to be Ronda Rousey and Charlotte or is it going to be Brock Lesnar? And I've learned my lesson. I don't bet against Brock Lesnar. Yep. I, I can't even pick, dude. I'm going in neutral. Just want to watch. Like uh, a, a lot of this. That's how I honestly feel. Yep. Um, so it's a good mania, dude. There's a lot of questions. And that's what you want going into Mania. I don't want to know who's going to win every match. You don't want predictability, right? Absolutely. So next we have Batista versus Triple H in a no-holds-barred match. Batista set out the challenge. Batista explained he just doesn't like Triple H. I love how they set this match up at the Evolution review, uh, reunion yeah. in November. Yep. I love that they set this match up four months ago. And we really only found out about it two weeks ago for sure. They've been laying the seeds for this match for so long. Nobody picked it up. Not me, not you, not any of the smarks out there. And I love it. I'm excited for this match. I don't care if you think Triple H is old. I don't care you know, if people think Brock uh, Batista is old. I'm going to WrestleMania, and I am stoked to watch this match. Me I too. think these guys are going to beat the shit out of each other. Yep. And I think it's going to be great, dude. Who do you got winning? Batista. Me too, dude. I think Batista, absolutely. He's the movie star. He's yeah. uh, he's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. He comes in and uh, and he takes over um, Triple H and, and puts him down. Yeah, and also I think for storytelling, that's one thing Batista's going to have, and that's his argument going into the match. Triple H cannot beat him one-on-one. I think he gets a jab at Triple H when he goes into the Hall of Fame too, like a little funny ha-ha. Yep. Like, yep. You know, because I'm sure they'll let bygones be bygones. But he can still say that. Yep, you sure. Never yeah, it'll be a funny, funny thing. Once yep. they're in the, the Hall of Fame night, everybody drops their gimmicks and, and has a good time. Yep. All right, so next match I'm excited about, I know you are, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. The showstopper for me, dude. I think yeah. this one steals the show. Absolutely. I got to tell you, the promos that they've been having, I love. Um, one of those promos that everybody's talking about the next day in the Twitterverse and, and that we chat about the first time that we talk to each other after yep. it happens. It's um, something that really organically happens. And I know that you know somebody was probably told to say that or they were at least approved to say it, but yep. it worked for me, man. It felt organic. It felt real. I think yeah. this match deals the show. Randy Orton, AJ Styles, um, I feel like Randy Orton's kind of been on, and I know I'm not looking at any stats. He might have won his last match, but I feel like he's kind of on a losing streak these last few years. So I think uh, Randy Orton takes this one, and I think he's real dirty about it too. I think it's uh, like a punt going back to that or something. Something real right. shady and dirty, you know, not a nut shot, but you know, something, something. And I think uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, he better not away. get another nut shot. Two nut shots in a row at yeah, WrestleMania. It would be like <laughs> ten in a row for his last big matches. <laughs> So I'm going to say AJ Styles because they're building up this up as like the king of SmackDown. But yep. now that I'm thinking of it in my head, Randy Orton probably is really more the king of SmackDown. But True. that's where I'm going. AJ Styles, this is another one. Don't really care. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I don't care about the finish. I'm not going to be sad who about wins or match. loses. Exactly. Yep. Ex- perfect. All right. Same on SmackDown. We have Shane McMahon versus The Miz. 
Ugh. This oh. match, I don't. I, this is a pre-show match, in my opinion. I get that yeah. they set up the little grudge match and stuff like that, but yeah, the storytelling on the way up's been good. The Miz's mic work has been awesome. Like I get it, but you know, I always said like Shane. I give him credit for getting in there, but it takes a lot for people to carry him and get him through the match. And if you look at his last few opponents, you know, yep. he fought AJ. He fought the Undertaker. I don't know if The Miz is going to be able to collectively, no offense. I think The Miz is up for the challenge as far as that goes, but I think it's going to be out of The Miz's hands. I think I don't think Shane McMahon can do the things that he could do five years ago. All right. Um, I don't think it's as pretty looking when he does it, and uh, honestly, this is probably a PP match for me. <laughs> I, I hope you got to go at some point. I right? hope seven you got, hours. when you're there for seven or eight hours, something's got to be a PP Oh, I'm buddy. planning on going if they have some sort of stupid music hack or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, dude, The Miz uh, okay. all day. Okay. There's no way they can let Shane win this match. Yeah, I want I want, and I think The Miz is going to win. Cool. All right, so then we have Kurt Angle, which he announced this will be his last match ever, mm-hmm. his retirement match. And they announced it's going to be against Baron Corbin. Now, if we're playing that, Let's go. I want to see Kurt Angle win. Why not? It's his last match. I know you may feel a difference, so go ahead. I do feel different. I feel uh, that uh, the name, the top guy, should put over a young talent on his way out the door. And before Baron Corbin was even announced, uh, we threw around names like John Cena, The Undertaker, and uh, big-time names to be in this match, which would be totally cool. And if that was the case, I want to see Kurt Angle win on his – you know, last match. Sure. But since, and when we had that conversation, I had said that I think he should put over a young talent. And since he's yep. the baby face, it should be a heel. Um, somebody like Rusev or Baron Corbin or, or Drew McIntyre were, were names that I yep. thought of. And so I'm happy to see Baron Corbin in that spot. I know that's not a popular answer. And I don't think that that's what's actually going to happen by the time we get to WrestleMania, but that's what we got right now. And I think, uh, Kurt Angle should lay down and and put the young guy over. All right. So then with that, as far as confirmed, the last one we have confirmed is the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. The only entrant so far is Braun Strowman. And the only winner. (laughs) There's nobody else who wins that match but Braun Strowman, in my opinion. Do you have any reason to think it could be anybody else? I think we get a surprise guy come into the match, you know. Yeah, but like who? Exactly. They're gonna have to team up on him. Mark Henry, I don't know. Bray yeah. Wyatt, yeah, or uh, I like that. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Oh, Harper, I'm all I'm a big on the Harper train. I know he's wrestling at the house shows again. That'd be cool. Um, Rowan has his gimmick going. I don't think they'll put if. Okay, he's gonna be so, on the show. Yeah, let's set the record straight. We don't know where Daniel Bryan's gonna be on the show. We the WWE champ has to be on the show. Sure. Um, so Rowan is gonna be part of that. Yep. So I don't see him in the memorial unless. Rowan wins, and they're like, that just boosts him as the heavy. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the only reason. That's not bad. Is what I'm thinking. Hopefully, we do get some surprise, especially WrestleMania surprise. They're always the bomb. This is the perfect year for it because a lot of the big names are, have matches, and I'm yeah. sure I, w- I would normally say, like, I want to see younger guys like getting their spot in the match, and there'll be plenty of them in the match in that match, but this is the perfect opportunity to uh, get some interests from some legends because you you know, this match, yeah. and that's kind of a given, so why not give us that feel-good moment and then have somebody come out? You know, Honky Tonk Man still wrestles on the indies. Why not let him come out? You just let him shake, rattle, and roll yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Like, you Run don't have to and, win. Yeah, and get popped out, you know, real quick, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that that would be cool. And since we kind of touched on it, 
Obviously, Daniel Bryan is going to have a match. They're going back and forth every week with who his opponent's going to be, and we don't know who it's going to be at this point. Uh, do you think there's any reason to think it's anybody other than Kofi Kingston? No, and here's why. And I, I said it to you before, but if you look, Daniel Bryan's cutting hard promos on Kofi. Yep. How are they going to, with 10 days left, all of a sudden be like, you know what? I really can't stand Andrade. Yeah, this or, guy. Yeah, or whoever they're throwing in here. Why it comes back. He isn't good for the nature or whatever, for the environment. No. Yep. They put in almost two months of a Kofi Kingston story for him to just not be in the match. Like, no. Yeah. Somehow no. he's in this match. I think it's a one-on-one match. And uh, good. I think Daniel Bryan <laughs> keeps the title. They didn't get, go get that hemp belt made for no reason. Yeah, keep he's him gonna, dirty. He's going to be carrying it around for a while, and, he, and he's going to be the biggest heel on SmackDown. Cool. All right, man. Dude, we got a killer WrestleMania coming. Like we said, Smashers, we're going to be there. We got some swag. Come and find us, and uh, we will – we want to party with you, <laughs> you know. It'll be, it's going to be an awesome time, dude. We're going to be all over the city, different things going on, checking out the sites, uh, and we're going to be everywhere. So if you're going to WrestleMania, you know, we know 70,000 of you are. Definitely, uh, definitely hit us up, and uh, we'd like to hear what you guys think. So let us know what you think is going on at WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. All right, let's jump into the meat and potatoes of WPC Smash, the main event. I've been waiting for this main event for a while. I watched it. I loved it. I detailed it out. And I hope that all you guys out there, you know, watched it as well so you can follow along with us in our analysis of this great and legendary match. A part of history in WWE or WWF at the time. Mm -hmm. And that was... Bret Hart versus Yokozuna for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 9. One of the smashers out there requested this match, and bam, now you're getting it. So Yokozuna was accompanied by Mr. Fuji, of course, Mm -hmm. at the time and through his career. Yokozuna didn't do too much on the mic, too much at all, as a matter of fact. And, uh, yeah, this was a big deal. Bret Hart comes in as the champion. Yokozuna... And uh, Mr. Fuji, commentary, Jim Ross. This is his first WrestleMania, so that's kind of a big deal. This is his introduction to WWF, too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, his first show at WrestleMania, right? Awesome, dude. Macho Man and Bobby the Brain Heenan doing color. Love it. Yeah. Great setup that they had going on here. This is um, the infamous Caesar's Palace, um, Roman... Coliseum, yeah, yeah, good. yeah, thank you for that, yeah, and um, I loved it, dude. I know it's kind of like a a cliche WrestleMania where people like either love it or they hate it. Yeah, but at this time, you know, being a young kid, I dug it, man. Yeah, I thought it was different. I thought it was cool. People coming out on the elephants and stuff like that. Bobby the Brain doing his 
his gimmick riding out backwards and stuff like that. Absolutely. And rumor has it he was terrified the whole time. And uh, I thought it was super cool. It's way different, dude. And if you're looking for something different, you're looking for WrestleMania 9, that's for sure. Um, we got an awesome video package right off the bat showing uh, Yokozuna build at 505 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's taking out Hacksaw Jim, Jim Duggan with the bonsai drop. And that's kind of the first thing that we saw from Yokozuna was the bonsai drop on uh, Jim Duggan. And really, that move to me as a young you know kid was like, dude, who could survive that? Nobody. I loved Bret Hart, and I thought that he would find a way to beat him. But if he if Yokozuna landed that bonsai drop, there's no way Bret Hart could do anything. Um, they also in the package showed uh, Yokozuna destroying Bret Hart with the said bonsai drop, and that was one week before WrestleMania. It wasn't a few months before. It wasn't right anything uh, you know so off in the distance that we didn't all remember. So I thought that that was kind of a big deal leading up to the match. Uh, Bret Hart being injured, you know, a little bit, I guess yeah, you, would, yeah, you right. would think, you know, going into the match. And uh, Hogan does an interview with Mean Gene. So we cut to the backstage, and Hogan turns around and has a huge shiner. And this is, oh, some, yeah. this is something in the wrestling world that everybody talks about. Hogan with the shiner at WrestleMania 9. Um Worst black eye I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> you know, his whole eye's black. Yep. Absolutely destroyed. Lots of rumors around that. I'm sure we'll get into that someday. And he tells everyone that the Hulkster and all the Hulkamaniacs are rooting for Bret Hart, for the good guy. And, right. and uh, you know. <laughs> I'm sure he is. That's That was like me at whatever I was, seven years old. Okay, yeah, Hulk, man, I'm I'm with Bret Hart too, man. Hulk Hogan's with Bret Hart, I'm with Bret Hart. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think Bret Hart would tell us differently. Oh, absolutely. But um, that's what we got going on. And uh, Hogan makes a challenge during this, uh, you know, interview to the winner of the match saying that he wants the first shot at the title. And Hogan calls Yokozuna a Jap (laughs) during this uh, promo and i was like whoa watching this i'm like dude i didn't remember that i'm surprised wwe even like left that in dude right but uh whoa did that not age well (laughs) real fast i was like super surprised but man i laughed out loud that's you know what you want in wrestling and uh it was it was huh (laughs) it was super funny and like even my face right now was like whoa (laughs) yeah like i can't believe that that happened um yokozuna enters first Mm-hmm. He's got super cool music and an awesome entrance. Yeah. Um, it's really very intimidating. He's slow. The music is slow and, and works with his pace coming to the ring. And he does the, um, you know, throwing of the, the dust in the air and doing his sumo stomps on the side yep, yep. like you would see a, a Yokozuna uh, do in yep. Japan. And I really loved his entrance. The champ, Bret Hitman Hart, enters second, and uh, Macho Man says that he respects Bret Hart, and uh, that comment really sounded like a shoot to me. Um, I think Macho Man really prided himself on his wrestling. Mm-hmm. If you listen to our podcast, you've already heard you know, several Macho Man matches, and you're going to hear a lot more in the future. Yeah. And uh, I think Macho Man prided himself on his wrestling, and I think he saw Bret Hart as maybe the next guy up as the best wrestler. You know, 
had Macho thought maybe he wasn't the best wrestler anymore, he would tell you that Bret Hart was. Yeah. And uh, it felt real to me. Whether it was or not, I liked it. I liked the comment. Spelled it out. Yeah. And uh, it sounded like a shoot to me, so I thought that was super cool. Bret Hart is uh, super over with the fans, and I believe that uh, Bret Hart in this moment loves and respects the WWF championship more than any other superstar in WWF history. It's not just a prop to him. Yep. It's not a belt. It's the championship. It's a symbol. And Bret Hart, um, he kisses the belt before he hands it over to the referee. And it felt so real to me that that he loved it. You know, he wasn't just playing Bret Hart. Yeah. He was Bret Hart, who loves the championship and prides himself on being the best. And uh, in Bret Hart's head, he was the best. Mm-hmm. And that championship was real and should be on the best wrestler's waist. So, I mean, right off the bat, loving Yokozuna's entrance. Yep. Loving Bret Hart's entrance. Everything feels real. And, and meanwhile, Yokozuna, during Bret's entrance, doesn't move a muscle. And they actually allude to that. And he's just staring straight forward at Bret. He, very serious, playing yep. his role. Bret Hart slides out of the ring and gives his glasses to a fan. When I was a kid, dude, I wanted more than anything for Bret Hart to hand me his glasses as a kid. Mm-hmm. Every time I went to a show, and I was never in the front row, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I always, like, when I got there, I was like, Dad, do you think Bret Hart will give me his glasses? And he would always tell me maybe, you know, even though he knew 20 rows back, there's no yeah. way in hell I was getting those glasses. But, man, when I was a young kid, I wanted nothing more in this world than for Bret Hart to give me those glasses. I'm sure lots of you smashers out there wanted that, too. I'm sure you, Mike Moran, wanted that as well. Dude, I wanted them so bad. I bought them when I was 32 years old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had a pair one day, you know, back in the day. I used to rock them around the house, dude. Um, so, yeah, dude, super cool part of Bret Hart's entrance, and I uh, was happy to see it done at WrestleMania. The bell rings. Bret Hart looks on focused, and uh, Yokozuna does the pre-match ritual that we talked about, you know, like a Yokozuna does in Japan, yep. stomping his feet. And um, Bret runs straight at Yoko. He's not going to give Yokozuna the chance to gain the upper hand in the match, and he gives him a run and drop kick. Brett's trying to take Yokozuna off his feet right away. The dropkick only staggers Yokozuna and uh, slightly into the corner. Like, he shifts a little bit, falls mm-hmm. into the corner. Bret Hart climbs on the second rope and uh, delivers some fast right hands right to, uh, the, to the, the light of the crowd. And Yoko quickly pushes Brett off and, and marches forward. The big 500-pound Yokozuna mm-hmm. shrugs off the champion Bret Hart and marches forward. Brett... Uh, Tries to go behind with a waist lock, but uh, Yoko. Good try. Yeah, Yokozuna spins and Bret Hart goes flying off. I thought that was super cool, dude. Yokozuna's five hundred pounds. Bret Hart's a little guy trying to grab Yokozuna from the back. You know, it's like if your child tried to bear hug you from behind and you gave a quick one eighty spin, your kid's gone. Yeah, <laughs> they're flipping right off, and that's exactly what happened in the ring. It was super realistic, and I loved it. Um, Bret Hart. The excellent of execution um, takes a brutal tackle that sends Bret Hart into the outside. Um, I love Bret Hart's working punch and how he sells. Selling being the main part of this part of the match. Yeah. When he gets hit, it looks like he really got hit. When he gets thrown down, it looks like he gets thrown down. I love it. Um, 
Bret Hart was my favorite superstar at this time, and uh, he probably is to this day. You know, some guys are going to say Shawn Michaels. You would say Shawn Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, no matter how much I want it to be Shawn Michaels, it's Bret Hart. It, or how much I would want it to be Macho Man as I'm older. Like, Bret Hart has that special place in my heart that, mm-hmm. you know, nine-year-old Ian, if you told him, like, when you're 30, you would consider Shawn Michaels being your favorite wrestler. He'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would. It's Hogan or, or Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart. And for me, it's Bret Hart. So... Doing a match with Bret Hart as the you know a main opponent in the main event, I love it. Um, as uh, Bret Hart gets back into the ring, he actually ties up Yoko's foot in the ropes, I love and this uh, yeah. then pushes him. So he like trips Yoko down, yep. and uh, this is the first time in the match that Yokozuna hits the ground. You like this part? Yeah, definitely. It, you know, Brett goes for the slingshot over the top, and Macho Man's like, pin him, pin him, and, the, and Bobby the Brain's like, he can't pin him, he's in the ropes. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yep. You're smart. Of course I am, I'm the brain. <laughs> so it's not just the in-ring action. Like you said, the commentary, it, it was very quick. Yeah, dude, I, I love those three guys together, those guys being Macho Man, Bobby the Brain, and JR. Um, uh, drops an elbow, an elbow from the second rope instead of making that pin, and he plays to the crowd while uh, the ref untangles Yokozuna's legs from the rope. And finally, the crowd looks awake. That that was a note that I had on this one because, like, I was just thinking, like, dude, this is the main event of WrestleMania. Yep, different time, definitely a different True. time. Outside, so you, it's not really holding the sound like you know right. uh, in, in an indoor stadium. But with Brett banter to the crowd they definitely he had their attention for sure and that's when they kind of came unglued a little bit i felt like the crowd was nervous just like i was probably at the time and each and every yeah. time i okay. watch it you're like man can bret hart beat this monster this yeah. 500 pound yoko how Zuna? can he do the sharpshooter yep that's true that's a good point um bret hart tries to get yokozuna off his feet with a few clotheslines and uh yokozuna lands one of his own and drops the hitman you know, really lays that 500-pound forearm right into Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Yokozuna then probably lands uh, the biggest leg drop in WWF <laughs> history. There's a 505-pound leg drop. And this is a leg drop that we see in packages yep. and uh, stuff like that. It is, you know, besides all Hulk Hogan's leg drops, if you put all those aside, this is probably the most popular leg drop in WWF history. You know, can you think of anything? Not that a leg drop's, like, huge. Xbox leg drop. You think so? For me, I mean, I guess maybe not in history, but for me, I'll never forget how he hit the ropes and then, bam, he did it so quick. Well, oh, so it's cool, yeah. Like, yeah, he cool. did a cool one, but I mean, like, that was in packages and, like, is a main part of wrestling yeah. history. Like, You're right. this leg Yoko. drop right here, yep. with the one that he lands right here in this match, um, I loved Ross. it. And, you know, not to get too far off of the side note, Xbox does have the sweetest leg trap, like, as far as, like, I mean, like, D'Lo had a good one. Yep. That's doing the awesome. head shake. <laughs> Boom. Um, Hitman sells the leg drop expertly, per usual. There's no reason to expect anything different. We get loud USA chants from a fired-up crowd, which was really uh, part of wrestling back in the day when, uh, you know, not even that... Bret Hart is from America, but... That's what I thought was funny. It was, you know, the one that... Yeah, I don't know where the crowd was going with this, but USA USA chants were very popular back in the day when you had a foreign bad guy versus, you know, 
a white guy, I guess, <laughs> if because he wasn't from America. But yes, normally he would be from America, and uh, we get the a USA weird. chance. But they're loud, and the crowd's into it, like you, you said. It really um, helped get everything going with the crowd, and you can tell that they're into it at this point because those chants are so loud. Yokozuna um, uses questionable tactics, uh, choking Bret Hart with the ropes, and then he does uh, the nerve pinch to wear down Bret Hart. That's something that we didn't see from too many guys in WWE. That was a popular yep. move, you know, in AWA or down in Dallas with uh, the Von Ericks. Yeah, and for Yokozuna, they were billing it as the Orient nerve pinch. So uh, for me, I'm like, oh, there's a little rest hold going on, but uh, sure, not not as a nine year old or whatever, however old I was. But for this one, I'm like, all right. You know, and what I also thought, too, this match, the pace was slower. To go with Yokozuna's same, like you said, his his swagger into the to the ring for his entrance. That's how he, when he's in control, that's how he controls the match. A slower, more powerful pace. Which is exactly what you want to see, I think. Yep. You know, from Yokozuna. From a strong dude, yep. Perfect. Um, so he wears down Bret Hart. Yoko slings Hart into the corner. And the turnbuckle sounds like a gunshot went off. Oof, I love it. Yep, we talk about this many times. Bret Hart, the king of making the turnbuckle sound good. And uh, this is another perfect example of that. Bret Hart receives, uh, gets that, reverse, reverses the momentum by jumping on Yokozuna's back. And uh, does a failed sleeper attempt, basically. Yep. Um, but it looked believable. Yep. A small dude trying to get Jumping on, on his back, trying dude. to put yep. him down. How else am I going to get this big man off his feet? Yep. Yeah, exactly right, man. Yoko hits uh, the mat, and Brett goes for a cover and gets uh, the first two count of the match. Bobby the Brain Heenan uh, mentions something I believe uh, everybody who's watching this match is thinking, and it's, I don't think Bret Hart can uh, even get the heart sharpshooter on Yokozuna, and that's something that you mentioned a few minutes back, but I thought it was yep. an important part of the commentary. And... Uh, I think that it's cool for commentary to say something that we're all thinking. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, that's a really important part of commentary is to reiterate what everybody at home is thinking. And Bobby the Brain did just that at that moment. Yokozuna regains control and super kicks Bret Hart. One of the sweetest big man super kicks that I've ever seen. And uh, oh, yeah. yeah, beautiful. Lays it right in there. And Yoko applies the nerve pinch again. Yokozuna picks up Bret Hart and uh, throws him into the corner. And then Yoko misses like a big running splash, like a stinger splash in the corner. Yep. Bret lands uh, a bulldog from the second rope as Yoko's staggering around. Awesome looking. Absolutely, man. I 100% agree with that. And uh, he gets another two count on Yoko. So we start to feel like, oh, my God, maybe Bret Hart could, Mm -hmm. you know, beat Yokozuna. He's not going to be able to use his patented sharpshooter, you know, rivals. But maybe, just maybe, Bret Hart has what it takes. Bret Hart lands a knee drop from the second rope uh, for another two count. And uh, Bret Hart then pulls off the top turnbuckle in one of the corners accidentally as he's getting uh, pulled off of the corner. Yep. And uh, Yoko notices and tries to drive Bret Hart's head into the exposed steel. Bret Hart re- uh, reverses and instead drives Yokozuna face first into the uh, exposed turnbuckle. And this is a big turning point in the match. Bret Hart shows uh, extreme innovation and does, in fact, cinch in the sharpshooter on Yokozuna. And what I mean by extreme innovation is he doesn't get into the sharpshooter like he normally does. Yep. He turns Yoko over, gets on his back, and then starts p- applying the sharpshooter. 
which was super cool. Nobody thought that, A, you, he would be able to put the sharpshooter on, but you never thought that he would put a, you know get into it in a different way right. than we'd always seen him do it before. Bret Hart known for innovation in wrestling, and yeah. I'm not surprised yep. that he figured it out, but it totally blew me away. The crowd's going bananas. Yokozuna's in pain. Uh, Bret Hart's got him in the sharpshooter. And as Bret Hart has Yokozuna in the sharpshooter, and while the ref's asking Yoko, you know, he's on the mat asking Yokozuna if he submits, Mr. Fuji throws some of that white dust into Bret Hart's eyes. Bret Hart is blinded. You know, he can't see. He doesn't know what's going on. Yokozuna rolls over onto Bret Hart, hooks his leg. The ref dropped down and immediately counted a one, two, three. New champion. Children's heartbreak all over the world. Yokozuna is the new champion. And almost as soon as Yokozuna's music plays, Hulk Hogan hits the ring. (laughs) Are you okay, brother? Yeah, we're getting a swerve-ski. Hogan is trying to tell the ref what happened. Mr. Fuji grabs a mic while Hogan is basically trying to help Bret Hart out of the ring and be a good Hulkamaniac brother to, uh, you know, his fallen Bret Hart. And Mr. Fuji says that Yokozuna will put the WWF title on the line like Hogan requested, but that he'll do it right now. Boom. Hulk seems skeptical about the whole situation. He's like, what? Huh? Right now? You know, that that kind of thing. But Bret Hart, uh, you know, still blinded by the dust, tells Hulk Hogan not to worry about him and to take Yokozuna's challenge and go wrestle for the championship. Points him into the ring. Waves him on. It was a big part of uh, WWE history at this yeah. point and definitely an important mar- a part in this match and really changed how wrestling was going to go in the future, how Bret Hart felt about Hulk Hogan, how Hulk Hogan oh, yeah. felt about Bret Hart, and the two biggest baby faces you know, in the company uh, behind the scenes were about to have big problems because of the finish of this match. So anyway, sticking to storyline, Bret Hart tells Hulk Hogan to get into the ring and, and take the challenge that issued by uh, Yokozuna. So he slides in, and Yokozuna goes on the tack right away with some right hands and some throat thrusts, which is always a cool like move in the WWE. If, if it looks real, throat thrust, man, oof. You know, you get tapped in the throat even on accident, man. That hurts for a couple weeks. Like, yeah. So it's cool when they use it in a match. Yokozuna grabs Hogan from behind, and Mr. Fuji reaches into his kimono and grabs more of that white powder that we saw thrown at Bret Hart. And this time he is going to throw it into Hulk Hogan's eyes. Hogan ducks out of the way. And Psych. Yokozuna takes the handful of dust straight into his eyes, and now he's blinded, oh, no. staggering in the ring. Hogan knocks Mr. Fuji down with a big right hand, and then he takes the staggering, blinded Yokozuna down with a big clothesline. An ugly clothesline, per usual, (laughs) for a poster, but but a big clothesline nonetheless. Hogan uh, hits the ropes and drops a big leg drop on Yokozuna, and Hogan spins over and gets on top of him, and the ref counts one, two, three. We have a new world champion again. Can you believe it? For less than a couple minutes. Um, this is one of the biggest twists in a WrestleMania main event ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, still to this day. For a, you know, a swerve action to go on the way it did. 
I think it's definitely one of the biggest, uh, you know, twists. And like I said, in main event, WrestleMania main event history, it's the first time that the WWF title changed hands twice in the same night. Yep. So that's pretty significant and huge. Absolutely. The title never changed more than once in one night. And that's kind of a big deal. And uh, the crowd continues to go insane. Hulk Hogan does his poses, and uh, Vince McMahon gets what he wants. My last note is Hulk Hogan must pose. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> and that's exactly what we got, man. What did you think about the finish of the match? I just went through a lot of craziness yeah, yeah. in the last couple minutes, and I pretty much laid out how I felt about it. And I want you to tell the Smashers, you know, how this felt for you, maybe, maybe as when you were a kid or, sure. or just how you feel about it now all right so as a kid i thought it was cool i thought it was awesome because i was like oh my god like because yokozuna was the big bad bad guy and he just beat Brett and he's the champ oh my god like the bad guy has the belt and oh here comes the other ultimate good guy to help the fallen good guy and you know i loved I, lo- I just loved it as a kid but then you know as an adult like you know we do our homework around here we uh, i i now I'm I'm not so much. Yeah, we know? read the books, we listened to yeah. the podcast, we know how everything went down backstage, which is not what the main event's all about. We're here right. to talk about the match, but it really puts a, a bad taste in your mouth when yeah. you watch the end of this match. And I don't think it would have even needed it, to be honest. Yeah. Like, you can't always send them home happy. Sure. And that would have been a reason to watch Raw the next day, or absolutely if Raw was even around then. The next pay-per-view? Whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. The next pay-per-view. It didn't need that end. That That's me as an adult saying Absolutely, it. Absolutely, man. With all the politics aside, it didn't need it. But it was still cool. Like you said, you know, only time it changed twice in the same night on at WrestleMania um, because it has changed twice. Yeah, since then. But great since commentary. Then. Yep. So awesome main event. And still the nine-year-old or whatever I was. The yeah. young, young Mike was still... Buzzing about the whole show, like you alluded to. Yep. Like, this show was awesome. Yeah, you know? it was different. It was our, so our, different. Our first ever main event was the opening match of this Yeah, with Shawn Michaels and Tatanka. And I even though it was kind of like a meh match, Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez, I love the Undertaker with the Vulture. Yeah. I love the... You didn't recognize as a kid that that match sucked. <laughs> you know, right. it was just like, we watch it now and you're like, ugh. But yeah. as a kid, you're like, alted, you know... It was... Under- the- the twin doinks too. Yeah, doing the mirror like that. It's a sweet WrestleMania. That was a sweet main event. That was some sweet coverage. So I'm glad uh, Josh picked that one for us to go over. Yep, that's plain and simple. That's what we can do. That's what we do for you guys. If you want to hear something, tweet us, Facebook, text, whatever. Write me a letter. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll we'll get it and we'll go through it. But hey, what are we gonna do? Next time, Ian. Next time on uh, WPC Smash, I got a killer main event for you. And not only are we going to blow up with some crazy WrestleMania news on the next podcast, we're going to have a a smashing main event like we always do. And a match that I, uh, you know, basically listened to and, and, uh, you know, had brought to my attention recently was the match that I chose. And that's going to be Ric Flair versus Terry Funk, the I quit match from Clash of the Champions 9. Um, this was a huge match in wrestling history, something that I don't recall seeing. I'm sure I have probably more than once too, but nothing that's fresh in my head like all the WWF stuff that is. 
So I'm excited to jump in, watch Ric Flair versus Terry Funk, Clash of Champions 9 in the main event, in an I quit match for the uh, NWA title at that time. Right? NWA title? Pretty sure. But either way, Rec Flair, Terry Funk, I quit, Clash of the Champions 9, going to be a killer main event. So stay tuned for the next pod to check that out. All right, WPC Smash Smashers, we got Mike Moran here, the Schwab of professional wrestling, a dictionary of wrestling knowledge. And before we jump into the Brain Buster, I want to say a little something uh, about King Kong Bundy. He passed away, uh, you know, this past week and a half or so. And uh, I just want to say that uh, King Kong Bundy, I was a huge fan when I was a kid. Not, a, I wasn't necessarily big enough to remember wrestlemania 2 but i remember the five count somehow for whatever reason maybe it was just in replays or or um superstars or something like that but i was a huge fan of the five count i liked the when he laid on the opponent held up his hand at the ref and told him to count to five and king kong bundy was a main part of uh wrestlemania 2 the main part Mm -hmm. the main event against uh hulk hogan and i think someday we'll get into that for sure. And, uh, yeah, dude, so I just wanted to say, you know, rest in peace to King Kong Bundy and uh, the wrestling world will uh, forever miss the five count. All right, so Mike Moran, the Schwab, let's jump into this week's Brain Buster. Yokozuna won and lost the WWF title at WrestleMania 9. He would win the title again for a second reign. When would Yokozuna win the WWF title back? He would win it back at King of the Ring. Oof. That was a good one, dude. I thought yeah. it was I thought it was good. I have a couple small notes. Uh now that you got it and it doesn't really matter. King of the Ring was the first pay-per-view since WrestleMania 9. So we actually won it right back. Oh, from, okay. Yeah. From Hulk Hogan. And uh I thought that that was kind of wild that It'd be June, I believe. Yep. Absolutely, dude. It was the first ever King of the Ring? Mm. I think so, but I'm not sure. Maybe. They were doing King of the Rings before they made it one of the Fab Five, as I like to call it. They did it once before the main pay-per-view yeah. happened. I know that. They did, like, a trial. And I think it was actually, like, in Foxborough or, like, somewhere mm-hmm. up here. But, uh, yeah, dude, Mike Moran with the kick out per usual. Going to yeah. have to start making these things a little more difficult. I try to keep them theme-based. Sure. But I think we might need to jump around a little bit to kind of bring it. You know, <laughs> exactly, to bring it. So, WPC Smash, that was our main event. That was our podcast. WPC Smash, we are headed to WrestleMania. Your hosts, Mike Moran and Ian Wilson. We want to meet you, Smashers. You know where to find us. Meet us at WrestleMania and check out the next podcast, which will be loaded with new and exciting stuff from the greatest pay-per-view in wrestling history, the WrestleMania that we attended. (laughs) And if you don't got anything else, I think we'll give people a two-sweet. Two. Sweet! But to be the man, you gotta beat the man! And all you got to do is tune in next week. Same Stone Cold time, same Stone Cold channel!
You can find us on Twitter at WPC Smash. Or on our website, WPCSmash.wordpress.com, where you can find current and past episodes, a donation button, and links for iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, brother. 